truly is a good Friday that we get to, to be reminded so powerfully of the fact that our Savior has died for us and that we get to stand here together today being completely free of that guilt and that shame and being able to know God, being able to walk in His plans, being able to experience His goodness and His love and His, His presence and His power in our lives. And so we are so grateful, and we're so glad that you're here this morning. Uh, I want to welcome all of our visitors just one more time, and, uh, and thank you for, for being here. Thank you for being on this journey with us. We believe that you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason this morning. Even if you feel far from God, even if you feel separated from Him this morning, even if you feel like you've, you haven't connected with Him in a very long time, uh, I want to tell you this morning that you are welcome um, you are amongst friends, and we're glad that you came out. I want to read you a scripture this morning um, from uh, Luke's gospel. So if you have your Bibles with you, uh, if you can just open them up in the book of Luke. And uh, I'm going to read to you just this verse from Luke chapter number 2 and verse 41. I'm going to be about 30 minutes or, or less this morning. Just wanted to share this idea with you and just wanted to, just wanted to encourage you in your faith and, and wanted to just express God's goodness and, and what we have in Jesus. Just if you've heard it a thousand times, we can hear it a thousand more times, just the goodness of God and how it affects our lives. So right now, I'd like to ask you to open up Luke chapter number two and verse 41. And I'm going to read a couple of verses here, a story of something that happened in the life of Jesus while he was here on earth. What I love about the humility of God, the Bible says that God laid aside his rights. Jesus laid aside his rights as God and took on the form of a human being like you and I. Literally, in order to save humanity, God himself became like his creation. He, he was God. Jesus was God with skin and bone. And he came and he was born uh, into this world and lived in the very world that we're living in today. He experienced all the, the, the temptations and the difficulties and the trials and the things that we go through. Um, he experienced at the same time. And, and this is what Jesus um, went through in his earthly life. And I think about the fact that Jesus had to learn how to crawl. Just think about that for a moment. He spoke all things into being. And now he's here on earth learning how to crawl, learning how to walk, like stubbing his toe against a rock that he created out of nothing. It's actually an incredible thing that God did in order to come and be with us. God with us is the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, that's who he is. And, and so Jesus is born into this family and he has to grow and he is raised by uh, his, his, his parents, his earthly parents. And in this time, God is working in his heart. And, and uh, we come to this story, this moment when Jesus was roughly 12 years of age. In Luke 2 verse 41, it says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. All right, so the Jews lived all over the area of Jerusalem. And every year when it was time for the Passover, this great feast, which was actually the sign of, of Jesus that was uh, going to be our Passover lamb. It was remembrance of what happened in Egypt when the angel of death swept through Egypt. But all those who had the blood of the lamb on their doorposts, the angel of death passed over them and they lived. And so they celebrated this Passover, but they also did it prophetically because they were awaiting the Messiah. And what they didn't know is, yet they have this young boy traveling with his parents to the Passover, and he is the Messiah. He is the one that this whole feast is about. This whole feast is proclaiming his coming, and Jesus is on his way uh, with his parents to the feast of the Passover in Jerusalem. 
And when he was, it says, and when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. They went up to Jerusalem again. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. They walked for a day. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem. Like, if you haven't found your son, this happened to us once uh, on holiday when uh, we packed up on holiday and we left and we drove about 30 minutes. And then my, my dad asked my youngest brother, who was only a few years old at the time, a question and he didn't answer. We realized we had left him behind, right? <laughs> New meaning to left behind, right? Like, we had left him behind and we had to turn around and go and get him again, um, and, and so they did not find him. They returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple sitting amongst the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress and he said to them, why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Verse 50, and they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. They didn't understand it at the time. Why are you looking for me? Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? I wanna share um, a short message with you this morning. Uh, from these verses in the book of Luke. Uh, but let's go ahead and just pray together um, this morning. Father, we thank you so much that right now, the, the truth of your gospel, the truth of what Jesus did for us on the cross can just become so real to our hearts uh, this morning, Lord. Father, that if we felt separated from you, if we felt like we had uh, been removed from your presence for any reason, Lord God, we thank you that today we can be convinced again of your love for us and the sacrifice um, that you have made for on, on our behalf, God. We thank you that we died with you. And having died with you, we, have, we also live with you today. And that we're alive and open and receptive and available to your spirit and to your word. We thank you that it takes root in every heart. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. So I wanna, I wanna um, share a message with you this morning entitled, Separated. Separated. Because this is what happened to Jesus as he was separated from his own parents in Jerusalem at the age of 12. And, um, and I was actually sitting with some friends last week and we were talking about instances where we as kids had gotten lost or separated from our parents. Have any of you here ever got separated from your parents as a child at any point? Hands up if you've ever gotten lost, all right? terrifying feeling for a young child to be separated from your parents, uh, you know, when you, you're walking in the mall or you're in the shopping center or you're, you're wherever, you know, you are with your, with your parents at that time and then all of a sudden you realize that you've lost them or they've lost you or one way or, or another, you're no longer together, you're separated. And uh, as we were telling these stories, I specifically remembered one moment when, um, when I can remember as a young child, I was probably about four or five years old at the time, uh, where I got separated from my parents and I got lost, and it was at the Rand Easter Show. Anybody ever go to the Rand Easter Show, right? Now today, these days, the Rand Easter Show, I think, is a lot smaller than it used to be back in the 80s. But in the 80s, the Rand Easter Show was pumping. There were hundreds of thousands of people there, and, sh and just little aisles and a thousand places. 
to get lost in. And so I was walking along with my parents, and I don't know why I remember this, but I specifically remember as a four-year-old what it was that drew my attention away from my parents at that moment. And what it actually was was a caravan, but not just any caravan, a small caravan. I don't know why the Randys to show that you had small caravans on display, but as I was walking along, my mom was in front of me, I was holding her hand, and I remember looking over and seeing to my left this small caravan, and I stopped and looked at it and thought to myself, and I can remember having these thoughts, even all these years later, I wondered, why would anybody have a small caravan? And then I thought to myself, maybe it's for small people, like, and, and, and I'm just saying what I thought of as a child, like old people would be, would be able to use it, because don't you get smaller when you're older, I'm not sure, so... That was my thought at that moment. I was like, it is so cool that they thought about the old people and made them their own trailers and caravans. And, and so I'm looking at this caravan and I thought, wow, that's really nifty. And I, and I walk along and I take my mom's hand again. And then I look up and I realize that's not my mom. She looks down at me like, I don't know, I, I'm not, you're not mine. Yeah, you know, sorry, can't help you today. And so all of a sudden I look ahead and my, my parents had moved on. They didn't realize I had stopped. Um, and so they, they, they left me behind, kind of like Jesus uh, was left behind by his parents. And, and um, by the way, have you ever done that thing where you accidentally like hold someone's hand or like show affection towards someone without concentrating and then realizing it's not the person that, has that ever happened? I'll never forget, I was once working for a Christian youth magazine and we were doing this big event. We were handing out magazines and flyers in this big event and I was going around and um, I enlisted some help. So I got my youngest uh, sister to come to the event with us and to sit at the desk and to answer questions about the magazine, etc. And so she was sitting at the desk and uh, my boss who, was, who owned the magazine, his wife was the editor and um, she was also sitting at the desk and, and he was kind of standing there. And as I walked back up to the table to get some extra flyers and stuff that I needed, I see my boss stroking my little sister's head. <laughs> but like so lovingly. And then I walk up and I'm going, what is going on here? Like, what has happened in the time since I left? And I come back, I come back and he's stroking her head and I, I kind of get some more flyers and he leans over and he kisses her on the head. And she just, she's not saying anything. She's not moving. <laughs> she's just sitting dead still like this. And her eyes are like massive. That She's looking at me like, what is going on? I just picked up some flowers and I was like. Oh. <laughs> I walked away. And obviously he was, uh, he thought it was his wife. and It was actually my sister. Um, and so that's kind of what happened to me that day is that I took this lady's hand and I thought it was my mom and it wasn't my mom. And eventually I was found by one of the workers at the rancho, one of the volunteers. Um, I remember this lady uh, asking me if I, if I was lost and taking me through to a center um, where there was just like another 30 lost kids. I was like, this is awesome. We're having like a party here. All the lost children unite. And, um, and I waited there for a while until my parents came and found me. Um, but in case my parents who are here this morning feel bad, they can find some encouragement in the fact that Mary and Joseph lost Jesus for three whole days. <laughs> like I was lost in, 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 at, at the ranch show for, for 30 minutes. Three days they lost their son. And I thought about this as I was going through the scripture and I thought to myself, you know, before this, this baby Jesus was born, 
the angel appears to you. Gabriel appears to you. And he says to you that this child that you're going to have by immaculate conception, you're going to be pregnant um, according to the Holy Spirit. And God is going to miraculously put the Savior of the world in your womb. And you're going to give birth to not just a normal baby, but the promised Messiah. And he is the one that all the prophets have spoken about for centuries before. They foresaw the birth of the King of Israel, the, the Lion of Judah, the, 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 the Savior, the Messiah that will come and save his people from their sins. Can you imagine? I mean, I feel pressure as a parent, just in general parenting my children. Um, can you imagine if the child that you're raising is literally the Savior of the whole world? And so if you mess up, the whole world is gone, right? And yet, they lose him. <laughs> Can you imagine the pressure? It's not just like, oh, we lost our son and we love him. We lost the savior of the world. Now everybody is eternally lost because we lost the savior of the world. I can imagine the conversations going back and forth between Joseph and Mary. You know, like when, when a son gets lost. I thought he was with you. No, he was suppo you're supposed to be the one looking. No, I told you that I was going to go over there. And you, can you imagine if that was the case with Jesus? It's like, what have we done? What have we done? We have lost the Savior. And so uh, if you're a parent that's ever lost your kids, don't feel bad. Even, even Mary and, and Joseph lost um, Jesus himself. And so it says, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. I imagine that to be a, a gross understatement of the panic that was going through the ranks at that moment. And everybody was looking for Jesus. And so they returned searching. And, um, and if you're a parent that's ever lost your kids, you'll know the panic that you feel when you lose your children. You go crazy looking for them. And that's only if you've been looking for two minutes. Never mind three days. And so... It says that after three days, they found him in the temple. I don't know if in those three days they slept. I can imagine they, were, they didn't stop to take a bath or to freshen up or to have something to eat. I can just imagine him running through the streets of Jerusalem, just going to every corner and every, every home that was familiar and, and every spot where they might have, have gone. And finally, they find him in the temple and like when my son was once lost, when I eventually saw that little blonde head sticking out somewhere, I shouted so loudly that about four restaurants came to a standstill in that moment. And everybody directed their attention towards this little blonde haired boy that had been missing for a few minutes. And, uh, and I can imagine them going, where have you been? You know, just, I, I can imagine the, the relief and at the same time, the anger that they felt at that time. And so again, I think this is understated where the Bible says, behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. <laughs> I think that's a Bible way of saying, where have you been? <laughs> We've been looking for you everywhere. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Behold, your father and I have been searching. I love the fact that they say, Mary says to Jesus, what is this that you have done to us? <laughs> It's so like modern day parents, you know, when my kids go missing, why, why would you do this to us? Why would you go missing? Why would you just walk away? You know the rules. It's exactly the same. They find Jesus and um, Jesus responds in his calm 12 year old manner. He just responds by saying, why were you looking? Why were you looking for me? 
Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Jesus was separated from his parents for three days, but he says that the reason why is because he was about his father's business. And so I just thought about that term. What is the business of the father? What is the business of the father? What is the business of heaven? What did God send his son Jesus to do? Matthew 1 verse 21, it shows us what the mission of Jesus was. I was be about my father's business. And he, it tells us right in the beginning of Jesus' birth, Matthew 1 verse 21. We can go ahead and put that scripture up there. Matthew 1 21 says, you will bear a son, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I must be about my father's business. He will save his people from their sins. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That was the mission. That's what he was sent out to do. He loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish or should not perish, but would have eternal life. And so the mission of God, what's so incredible about the story was that the person who, the people who were really lost wasn't Jesus, but us. We're the ones who were lost. We're the ones who had gone missing. We're the ones who had been separated from our Father. And the mission of Jesus was to go and to bring us back to the Father. It was to, to seek and save the lost. It was to, to find the missing sheep. It was to bring the lost children of God home. And so when, when Mary and, and Joseph come to Jesus and say, why have you been lost? Why have you been separated from us? Jesus says, I'm about my Father's business. I'm actually here to bring you back into a relationship with God. Every one of us had gone astray. There's not a single one of us that can stand here today and claim that we, that we have the right to be before God, that we have the right to, um, to stand confidently before God, because all of us have sinned. All of us have messed up. All of us have fallen short of God's glory. We're unable in our own selves, and this is the truth, to do what's right, or to walk in a relationship with our Creator in our own strength. No matter how much we decide that we want to be better, the Bible says that we're slaves to sin, that we were slaves to sin, that we were sold to sin, that we were born in sin. And there was no way for us to find our way home, no way for us to be reconnected with the Father. You see, this isn't a philosophy of life. This isn't, this isn't a, an, a self-help system about how you get to live. This is the recognition that without the sacrifice and our faith in, in what Jesus did for us on the cross, all of us are utterly lost. This is about something that God did for us, not just a system to live by. It's a recognition of our lostness and how Jesus came to find us. And so... He came. The business of the Father, the mission of heaven. Jesus tells us what it is in Luke 19, 10. Jesus says, this is why I came. This is why I'm here on earth. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That same Jesus that was missing for three days, he's the one who came to seek and save the lost. And then we come to the cross the place where Jesus would finally fulfill this calling, the place in which everything that he was sent to do 
culminates in this moment of him reconciling. The Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, bringing the world back into a relationship with himself. So we come to the cross, the place where Jesus would fulfill this calling of seeking and saving the lost. And he's hanging there with the sins of the world on his shoulders. He has literally taken your guilt and my guilt and our guilt and the guilt of the whole world. The debt that we owed because of our, because of our sinfulness. The judgment that was due to us. And it falls on his shoulders in that moment. Jesus dies for our sin. The judgment kills him. He pays the price with his own life. And the Bible tells us that the moment he dies, darkness covers the land. And there's an earthquake that shakes the ground. So much so that rocks begin to split open. There's this violent sound and the storm that arises and, and the sun is eclipsed because the Son of God has now truly been separated from the Father. Our sin is what separated us from him, but now Jesus took that sin on him, and for the first time in all of history, there was a separation within the Trinity where God turns his back on his son in judgment. Incredible moment. And Jesus feels the separation, and he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know why God forsook Jesus in that moment? So that we wouldn't have to be forsaken today. So that he wouldn't have to turn his back on us in judgment. But instead, he could receive us into his family. And so there really was a separation. Jesus really was lost in a moment. Not the moment when Mary and Joseph was looking for him, but I believe that that moment of, of being separated from his parents was almost a prophecy of the fact that for three days, he was dead in the grave separated from the Father. It tells us in the story when Mary and Joseph were looking for Jesus, after three days they found him. After three days they found him. And three days later, just like the first time Jesus was about his father's business, he was found again. He was raised from the dead. Isn't it incredible? What was he doing in those three days in that tomb? He was about his father's business. What was his father's business? It was saving you and I. As he was lost, we were found. As he was put to death, we came to life. As he was raised, the Bible tells us that, that when Jesus was raised on the third day because death couldn't hold him, we were raised with him. We're alive today because Jesus came out of the grave. And as he came out of the grave, you and I came out of the grave as well. The big rock that was in front of his tomb might have as well been the rock in front of our own hearts. And as it was rolled away, so our own hearts were opened up. There's this incredible prophecy in the book of Ezekiel where God says, I will take your heart of stone from you and I will give you a heart of flesh, a heart that you would know me. And it's all because Jesus was separated from the Father so that we can be reunited with him. This is the great exchange. This is what Good Friday is all about. This is the basis on which we have new life. It's on the basis of what Jesus did for us on the cross and his resurrection was our new life. Ephesians 2 verse 13 
says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off. Far off is just another way of saying separated. Every single one of us were once far off from God, separated from Him. We were the ones separated from His love, separated from His presence, separated from His plans and His purposes, separated from all the good things, all the promises that God would have for your life, the meaning and the purpose and the fulfillment and the joy and the peace. We were the ones who were separated from God. We stood far off, far away from Him. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near. How? By the blood of Jesus. We've been brought near. We've been brought near. You've been brought near. I want to tell you this morning, you are not far from God because God is not far from you. You are not far from God. No matter how you might feel, no matter how much shame and, and, and guilt and things we normally experience as people, the gospel declares something greater. It tells us that on the cross, Jesus was separated so that we could be reunited. And we are reunited with the plan of God for our lives, with the purpose of God for our lives, with all the great things, all the promises of God are yes and amen for us. Philippians 3 verse 8, my last scripture this morning, says, for his sake... I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. What Paul is saying here is he's saying for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of knowing him, for the sake of, 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 of walking and, and, and walking in this faith in what Jesus has done for me in order to be united for, with him, I'm no longer counting on my own works. I'm no longer counting on my own goodness. I'm no longer counting on my, on, on my own strength. But for his sake, I count all of those things as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ listen to this, and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness, which means to be right with God, from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. We'll talk a little bit more about resurrection on Sunday. But that I may know him. So I count everything else that I used to do in order to be found, in order to not be so lost. I counted all as rubbish so that I can simply be found by Jesus. And now being found in him, I stand in a righteousness that is not my own and not something I work for, not something that came according to my own goodness or my adherence to the law, but a righteousness that depends on faith. From God, faith in what? In the cross. In the finished work of the cross. That's how you and I today get to stand boldly, full of, full of boldness and joy and, and anticipation and faith before the throne of God. That's why today we can look at the face of God and enjoy His presence without any sense of shame or any sense of separation. Why? Because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. We have been made right with him. And we stand before him as our father, no longer experiencing the separation. In Jesus, we, was, we are separated now from our old life. We're reunited with the father and separated from our own old life. We are separated from our sins. We are separated from our shame. We are separated from our 
our past and we are found in him in a righteousness that is not of our own. So on this Good Friday, I want you to know that Jesus was lost so that you can be found. And those three days that he was lost, he went about his father's business. And that business was to bring us back from death, to bring us back from being lost so that today, every single one of us can be found in him, having a righteousness that's not of our own, but of his grace through faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, let's pray.